It is Monday on Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Patrick Royce here with me as well. A lot to get to today, Patrick, because we both just spent most of this past weekend covering the Women's Basketball Final Four in Minneapolis, in addition to several of our colleagues. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We got men's basketball tournament to get to that championship game tonight between North Carolina and Kansas. And how we got there was pretty dramatic. I want to talk to you a little bit about the twins too, because they start this week, although which day exactly is to be announced given the, given the weather coming our way uh, the the rest of this week. But uh, Patrick at women's tournament was uh, South Carolina wins the championship. They dominate more or less UConn in that title game. UConn kept it close, you know, in, in stretches, but South Carolina just so good on defense. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, no answer for what she can do inside. What was your impression of that team and that whole tournament from being there? The uh, South Carolina is a different breed of women's basketball team now i'm not the leading expert on women's basketball but these are athletes that uh uh this this point guard from fort myers uh was just fantastic henderson yesterday and anderson uh, yeah yeah and uh and uh i mean boston is if the officials are gonna let her play like that you got no chance because she is a monster she could have played for the Gophers of women. He, I mean, men, she could have been the starting power forward on that team. She had more muscles than anybody this side of Eric Curry. And she's relentless. And the I, somebody went into the officials room before the game and said, let them beat the crap out of each other. And uh, it was a, it was a very oddly officiated game because there were people laid on the floor getting knocked down, tipped over, and then suddenly they blow a whistle for somebody tapping someone on the back. But uh, it was, uh, uh, I mean, it was a mismatch uh, right from the get-go. I think probably UConn missed having that other big kid uh, because, you know, they only had two big kids. And uh, that team... South Carolina goes to the offensive board like I've never seen before uh, for a women's basketball team. I mean, they just they were not worried about UConn beating them down the court because they just hammered the boards, uh, not only Boston, but, you know, two, three other uh, other players. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a, that with that point where you see that point guard and the way she ran the thing and as athletic as she was and as feisty as she was and as as uh i i don't know there's just a, an impression she gave an impression that whole team gave of just no mercy basketball against a really good team but physically just attacked them and uh at, at all stages i mean they come out to start the game and uh, the, the, the point guard never got more than a foot away from Paige, from Paige Beckers the entire, right. first, the entire first quarter. No breathing room at all. You know, and Paige is a great athlete and went and got some, uh, you know, a great instinctive basketball player and went and got a few openings, but all of her shots were rushed. She had to make great plays and end up getting 14 points. And uh, it was just a mismatch. And it also didn't hurt. Uh, I mean, it also didn't help that 
maybe their most gifted athlete that fud uh, was ill and didn't play much and uh but it was uh, after watching the game Saturday, my impression was that, I, I think I said on Twitter, that UConn's going to have to be 20 points better Monday to stay in the game than they were in that game. They, were, they won. They beat Stanford only because Stanford was terrible that day and couldn't make a shot. What? two out of 18 for threes before they made a couple late in the game. Yes. But uh, they were no match for South Carolina. That that's a great team. And they were, they were number uh, one from start to finish, right? They were in yes. rated number one every week from start to finish. And everybody saw this coming. Don Staley, different kind of cat, man shows up in a letterman's in a, what a $4,500 letterman's jacket. Yep. Thousand dollar <laughs> shoes too, Patrick. She's, she's, a, she's awesome though. She's, she's, she's great. For, she's great I for was... the game. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24 seven gaming, fun restaurants and bars and luxurious hotel rooms and join club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake where every day is play day. Uh, oh God. Yes. She's, I mean, and you know who's the gutsiest guy in the whole? He's dead now. The Temple AD in 2000, when she still got six, she got seven seasons left in the WNBA, and he hires her to coach Temple. And basically, I was reading the story about him. O'Brien was his name. He got her to come over for a visit, and he basically ambushed her. And said, hey, let's walk down the hall here. And he walked in and they had a search committee, the temple search committee there. And they begged her to take the job. And she, she came with no intentions of becoming a coach. But he was, I mean, what an innovative guy. He's, you know, what, you know, we're temple. We're, who are we going to go and hire that's going to turn it around? So Don Staley says, well, I got to play in the WNBA four months a year. And he said, oh, that's okay. We don't care. And she, uh, I think she went to the NCAA tournament like four of her eight years there or something or six of her eight years there. But uh, yeah, she's something. And, you know, has already coached two Olympic gold medal winners, right? Two. Didn't she coach the last two? Maybe, maybe just one. I don't know. Yeah. But uh uh yeah she's uh she's uh, i'll tell you and now she's gonna have the athletes coming for her man uh, they're just gonna let's, keep coming oh i got no score she's not gonna find another one like boston no <laughs> oh man that's what the a, next that's boston. the next dynasty right that's got to be the next yeah. dynasty coming here yeah well gino's gonna have to uh you know gino gets the best players in the world but, i mean but he's gonna have to you know he's gonna he's look he gotta look and see man if we can't keep them off, if, if we can't do something to keep them off the boards, how are we ever going to beat them? Offensive rebounding was just how many did they end up with? had to be 17, you know, I would think they had. Well, at one point in the it was one point in the fourth quarter, early third, early, early fourth, I think somewhere in there. Um, I was sitting and looking at and tracking stats with our intern, John Volk, and we were looking at it. Um, South Carolina had more offensive rebounds. They had 20 offensive rebounds at that point, what? more offensive rebounds than UConn had total rebounds, 19. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable. They just they could not good. get them off the boards. And the uh, as I said, if you're going to get a game officiated that way, you have no chance. Yeah. And and they decided to, uh, you know, somebody from, somebody from the NCAA went to them and said, let them play. 
and they let him play that poor the kid with the uh the uh the kid edwards right is it edwards the uh kid from uh yukon i think they, so they she had no chance they were beating the living big jeebers off her every time uh, boston's her. boston's so physical and she's so relentless on yeah. you know and if you, it's got to be a comfort too for South Carolina to know that you can just kind of shoot it from no from anywhere yes. and you're probably gonna get the ball back even if you don't make it. But that's what they're saying. Uh I was listening to the I watched the second half on TV rather than out there at the at the game and uh and they were saying that she her theory is I don't mind missed shots. Those are just chances to make offense to yeah. get up and rebounds. But uh I again I uh, you know I I I have uh I, you you got if they're gonna call a game that way, uh, it's uh, you. You got no chance against it. I wonder how they got. How did they get like forty-three points against Miami or something? Didn't they beat them like forty-three to thirty-nine? Somewhere in the, about a month ago, something like that. I mean, they lost two, and uh, I don't know who beat them, but uh, yeah, there's something. I, I I don't I I forgot to look. How many of these kids are underclassmen? That's uh, a good question. I'm not exactly sure, but they're, you know, in this sport now, they can kind of reload pretty quickly. And, you know, and the flip side of this is UConn now hasn't won a national championship in what, six years? Was yeah. Seven, 17 or was it? I think it was eight? 16. I thought it was 16. They lost what last one yeah. one because South Carolina won the one in uh, 17. That was their other championship. And Gino, you know, hadn't you know had never lost a title game once he'd gotten there and he was you know kind of looking like maybe it's his you know minneapolis is where he won his first uh, of course we heard yeah. that a lot this weekend in 1995 and you're thinking maybe this is where the drought ends and you know again they've been into so many final fours in a row i think it's still 14 final fours in a row now but to not have that next championship has got to be eating at them a little bit especially when yeah. you know you had the whole page becker's storyline here yeah, they got within six, but you really never nod. Thought of, I mean, it was eleven to two right off the bat. You know, when they called timeout, you said they got no chance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they yeah, the difference athletically and approach wise, they were. You, you know what? You you made a good point. They were not afraid to do anything. No, I they mean, weren't. They could, they could take a bad shot. They could throw up a. They could do anything they want because they just absolutely smashed the boards and they got the number three and number one. Those two guards are just athletes and just not only athletes, but fearless athletes, you know, just, okay, come on. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it was a very impressive uh, team. That's for sure. Even the final like three minutes when UConn's trying to make a, you know, the last ditch rally and they'd scored a couple times to get it to like 10, South Carolina calls timeout, and usually at that point, teams are kind of content to run some clock, trade some baskets, and you in South Carolina throws a press at them for like a few yeah. possessions in a row. They're just like just, yeah. just relentless. It's it's got to be so hard to play against a team that's not giving you any space. Like Paige Becker's, I think she had she had one open look. She had that one open three at the end of the fourth quarter when there was a little defensive you know, communication, the ball got, you know, it was like a, the, it was kind of a loose ball. It found its way to her. She made an open three. Other than that, like, unless there was a precision backdoor cut and a perfect pass, UConn was not getting any easy shots. 
Yeah, or correct me here if I'm wrong. It's 26 to 8 or 22 to 8 at the quarter. Or was it 22, 22 8 at the end of the first quarter? 20, yeah. Quarter, they come out for the second quarter with the press. <laughs> I know. Slap it on them. They said, okay, now we're going to really make it hard on you. So it was, uh, yeah, that's a hell of a, a hell of a, a hell of a collection of uh, players, that's for sure, that are, uh, and you know what? She is a coach who's one of them. She's got her letterman's jacket and the whole thing, but she can chew some rear end too. I bet you. Oh, I yeah. bet you really let them have it if she's mad at them, and they're gonna take it because it's Dawn Staley. You know, she's she's walked the walk, and now she's talking the talk. Well, cool event. It was kind of fun. It Minneapolis fun. felt like it was fun having them. Yeah. Well, it felt Minneapolis felt like it was alive in a way downtown that I hadn't felt for. A little while, and we probably get that with some Wolves games and stuff like that, but just the influx of out-of-town people, you know, just kind of that whole scene. I don't know, Minneapolis is one of the bigger events we've had since, you know, in the last couple of years, and so that part of it was pretty cool to see as well. Um, you know, we had the men's tournament a few years ago, of course, and that was pretty um, pretty cool as well. That is happening. Um, wish we would have had a game like the one that we had on Saturday um, North Carolina beating Duke Mike Krzyzewski's final game ends up being a final four loss to their biggest rival and one of the best, you know, best games in a while in the tournament in the final four. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're writing a, uh, if you're writing an ending for a villain, that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> was if you're, uh, you know, and he is, he is uh, the most interesting kind of villain, villain. Krzyzewski, because he's either loved, you know, the, the fawning, the fawning after the defeat, even by Barkley, for God's sakes, uh, was was relentless and nauseating for those of us who can't stand the guy. But uh, it was uh, it was I was nervous through the whole tournament that we were going to have to go out with the glory and the whole thing. And then teams kept getting beat. And I thought, oh, my God. When Gonzaga goes down, I said, well, now who's going to keep him from the final four? But then to have him lose to Carolina in the semis was too good to be true for those of us who don't, who think he's a papa's jackass. <laughs> and uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in the majority here, but uh, there's a lot of people who, uh, who, you know, who are rivals who obviously don't like him, but uh one of the all-time referee baiters and uh you know every 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 time they get beat it's the same story about his great young men he still talks about his players like they're graduates from a college when they're he's got more one and duns than anybody right the hypocrite i'm still bitter about him giving poor pete godet all those losses 15 years ago <laughs> This team stinks. I'm going to have back surgery. Pete, you take care of them and you get the losses. They don't go on my record. So uh, I don't know. I think he's a, he's just a, and I see his last press conference on Saturday turned into him lecturing the NCAA about all oh, what's wrong with him or on, uh, you know, on, on Friday. So uh, he's just a pompous guy. Good coach, obviously. Oh, yeah. Seems like the players who uh, play for him, uh, you know, most of them, I guess, tolerate him. But uh, it it was a great game, and uh, what a what a turnaround! I mean, I don't think we're getting a proper appreciation for where North well, Carolina was, was in January. And I early. was just gonna I was just gonna say that 
they're an eight. They're an eight seed too. Like people, you know, North Carolina is just one of those programs where, you know, it doesn't really matter. I guess so they, they've got the talent, but you know, an eight seed getting to the title game is you know very unusual. They almost had to get to the title game of the ACC to make the tournament. Yeah. I, I don't, they had to beat Duke in the final. Once they got there, I think they were going to get in, but they were forger. They had one week where Wake Forest, which wasn't bad, beat them by 30. And Pittsburgh, which was the drag of the league, Pittsburgh lost at home to the Gophers, beat them. And, and beat them, you know, fairly handily. They had some of the worst losses in North Carolina history. And so it's, it's a great uh, comeback story. And to, you know, they beat them bloody in the ACC final. But you thought, I, I didn't see much hope for North Carolina beating them. Uh, no on uh, saturday but oh man that uh is it love the guard they got yeah Ooh, yeah you know what else is making your free throws is good you know yes. you got guys that go up there and you know you you look at these these wonderful athletic type of guys uh that uh kind of beat you up physically a lot of them aren't great free throwers but that north carolina team makes his free throws so uh yeah that was a that was a a, that was a, a pretty good moment in what had been a pretty bad tournament. Yes. As far as, I mean, Villanova made the final four by shooting 28.8% in the regional final. They made 28% of the baskets and they won the shooting in the region. The shooting in the NCAA tournament for as a whole was terrible, but that was a hell of a game. And well, the Kansas Villanova game wasn't much to look at either. I mean, no. Villanova, little villanova had a little comeback at the end that guy can coach gay right but oh, yeah. uh, but it is a somebody said to me it's going to be uh great to see mark emmert give the trophy to bill self <laughs> right <laughs> they've been trying to get him for about five years right and they haven't been able to get him yet but kansas is uh this is a repeat by the way of 1957 north okay. carolina North Carolina beat Wilt. Wilt was a sophomore in Kansas. And the three overtimes, 54-53. Oh, gosh. The uh, first overtime was 2-2. Two to two. The second overtime was 0-0. Zero zero <laughs> Before the, the shot clock, right? Yeah, they were both holding the ball. Then the third was 6-5. to five, But Dick Harp was the coach from Kansas City. Now, I looked this up, but I remember hearing about it vaguely. And, and he was... You know, everybody held the ball against Wilt. Well, he was holding the ball, too, to, for the last shot for an entire period. He got a lot of heat down there for the way he coached that game. But uh, it also appeared that uh, the legend of that one is Wilt didn't exactly get the calls. A seven-foot-one black guy trying to beat a beat a all-white uh, team from uh, North Carolina with a couple of white officials probably didn't have much of a chance. So, Wow. Well, yeah, it should be a good one tonight. I hope it's a good game. I mean, you know, if I think you just... it will be, although don't you get? To, I think North Carolina might have left a lot out there on on the on the floor. I think Kansas is better than they are. I, I kind of oh, yeah. like I like Kansas to win, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, hope, the... I hope Kansas wins just to, just to, just to, just to have the full appreciation of the hypocrisy of college athletics. Yes. Fantastic, won't it? Nobody, nobody does more to get players than Bill Self, and they ain't caught him yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. 
Well, I want to move on and talk twins a little bit here with you. Um, something you and I were talking about um, a couple of days ago in the in the press room for the women's final four. Twins rotation. We've talked about this a few times, but Joe Ryan, and maybe this doesn't matter a whole lot in the big picture, but symbolically, Joe Ryan, Twins rookie who has made five starts in his major league career, all of them in September of last year against bad teams, is their opening day starter. What what to you does that what what's the what's the thought process there for the twins? And what does that tell you about their pitching staff this year? Because I mean Sonny Sonny Gray you know, probably certainly a good enough pitcher that probably could have gotten that duty, but not a lot of depth in this rotation. If Joe Ryan is your guy, um, either Thursday or Friday, depending on when they decide to play that home opener. Uh, my theory is it's a reflection of two things. It's a reflection of a team that's really thin on pitching. And the other thing, it's a reflection on the modern thinking of uh, baseball that the starting pitcher doesn't mean that much that it's none of this is, you know, it's not important to the twins, whether Joe Ryan starts or Bailey over starts or who starts because they think he's going to go three innings anyway at, at this time. And it's, it's the, the D this is a wonderful example of the D emphasis of starting pitching. And uh, this nobody on that team in the first two weeks of the season, it's going to go more than five for sure. It's going to be very lucky if anybody goes. Sonny Gray could do what he did yesterday, 12 up and 12 down, and he might not be able to pitch the fifth inning because that's going to be the philosophy you're going to see. This is a really an example of the de-emphasis on starting pitching. It's not some big honor because, yeah. you know, Go out there and get them for three innings, Joe, and then we'll bring somebody else in. It's, uh, I think it's as, I think it's as big a crisis as baseball has here is the use, the current use of pitching, because as I've said a hundred times, yeah, you know, you, if I wasn't covering a game, you know, if it wasn't on my schedule, and I looked and said, oh, Johan's pitching, I went to the game, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and now, oh, 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 okay, who's pitching? Uh, Sonny Gray's pitching. He's pretty good. He'll let him go four and a third, you know, until somebody gets on base. And uh, it's, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, Chris Archer, who are they kidding? Uh, and he's, he's got, he's coming back from that thoracic outlet syndrome. Nobody comes back from that. No, it's, you know, it don't happen. You get 12 starts and you'll be, he's, you know, he, he, okay. He, the other day we were we were really excited about him. He really threw the ball good. He gave up three runs and three innings or something, right? Three runs and and uh, they're saying his velocity is is okay, but generally speaking, that thing costs you velocity. Certainly, in the as the season progresses, this is a this is a uh, you know he's he'll make 12 starts for him and then he'll be out of the picture. And then uh, I I don't why didn't they keep Smeltzer? I mean, yeah. he's, not, he's he's a lefty, right? And he's – give a guy a chance to pitch when he's pitching well. That's right. my theory. You know, he's in a groove now. Let him pitch. Dylan Bundy, put Dylan Bundy in the bullpen. He's going to be – he's going to be mediocre as hell too. Uh, yeah, uh, it's too bad because uh, – I, I don't – by the way, is, 
did Kirilov hurt himself or is he playing or that not? I, sounded like it was okay. No, no structural damage from what I read. Okay. But I like the lineup, you know, now that you got Correa. But uh, again, somebody yesterday on Twitter asked me, uh, oh, have you made your prediction yet? You can't make a prediction. Right. Is he going to play 140 games or is he going to play 80? How can you make a prediction? If, because if, if, if Buxton plays, they might win low 80s. If Buxton doesn't play, they'll win low 70s. That's my yeah. theory. And, uh, you know, Buxton's an eight, nine win guy. I don't care about war. He makes that much of a difference with this team and if he's going to play. But the thing about baseball, when you're in that area where the Twins are now, the Yankees and the Dodgers, especially the Dodgers now, there's, there's four or five of them that you know going to be good. There's six or seven of them you know going to be terrible. Everybody else, it's kind of how the work the season works out. The yes. overnight last year on the Giants was 76. Right. On 107. Yeah. And this year, they're going to win. They won't win 80 in that division. This year, the reality is going to kick them in the shins and they're going to be terrible. That's my prediction. And uh, it's so there's, you know, those middle of the road teams that are okay like the twins are right now. It just kind of depends upon some guys have career years and some don't, uh, 2000, uh, the home run year, 18, right? 19, 19, 2019. Everybody had career years and they won 101 games. How did they do that? It was a miracle. And then they, last year, uh, I mean, in 2020, they were okay because it was a 60 game season and, you know, last year at this time, I think we all did our predictions in the Star Tribune, right? Yes. And, and I, I went with, I think I went with 86. I don't know. And that was the lowest. Yes. That was the lowest of the people predicting. And I was getting messages, and you know, on comments. You're just doing that to be negative, you know. Right. And they were 73. So that it's... There's a big if with this team, but certainly uh, there's no reason to, when you look at that starting rotation, there's no reason to be terribly optimistic. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's hard for me to look at that and say, this has got even a chance. Cause it's just, I don't, I don't know. So I, I think Sonny Gray will be fine. I think uh, Ober and Ryan have a chance, but a lot of being count on them and I, Archer and Bundy. I mean, it's just, Every one, every other start, one of them's going to get lit up. It feels like, and then you know, one of your, you know, they're probably going to carry sixteen pitchers at the start of the year, right? It's going to be sixteen pitch when they get the twenty-eight player roster. I think it'll be fifteen and thirteen. Fifteen and thirteen. Fifteen and thirteen. Yeah, but if they carry sixteen pitchers, I'm going to puke. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm prepared to. Uh, I'm prepared to ridicule them all season. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm willing to have my mind changed, and I am. I am excited to see Craig uh, play for that team. Yes. But, uh, but uh, you know, and see if Buxton can play. And why did Jorge Polanco get no hits in spring training? Don't he hit like twelve? <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. I want to put a lot of stock into it, but come on, let's get a hit once in a while. What's going on? Yeah. I, 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 why don't they just announce today they're not playing until Friday? They might as um, well. It's supposed to, weather's supposed to be awful on Thursday, and it's going to get yeah. better as the week goes on. Like by Sunday, it's supposed to be like in the mid 60s, so they can actually have some actual 
baseball weather, but yeah, they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't do that now. It's probably, they got a lot of tickets. I'm sure they got a lot of tickets sold for it. that one usually sells out. The opener sells out, but you know so that our St. Paul saints are starting their season Tuesday in Louisville. That's right. Yeah, they are. Them no pub. I see they go and I was just looking at their schedule. They're going, they got the week long homestands against the same teams again this year. They, I like that. They, I like that. I don't, well, they like it too because it saves money on travel. It's a it's an expense thing, but uh, I, I you know I don't I kind of like the okay you're home a week you're on the road a week, but uh, but the fact that it's the same team really kind of bores me. But I mean, who cares? You go to a minor league game, you're not going for who the opponent is. Anyway. Right. You probably you probably see the same starting pitcher a couple times if that happens, don't you? You get to see Hunter Green. Uh, I don't know. Did he make the Reds? Not uh, Hunter Green, the kid they didn't draft. And oh yeah, it was uh, right on the cusp with the Reds, and he strikes out about fourteen every nine innings. So that's amazing. Adam Nolly throws to our yeah you know, twins. Twins wouldn't want him. You know, we just <laughs> we'd rather take some guy off the scrap heap and uh, and think we're gonna. I wonder. I, I do think that uh, Bundy and uh, Archer will both be more successful than Homer Bailey, right? Okay, I almost forgot about Homer Bailey. Homer I almost pitched, forgot about him. He pitched in one game. He pitched in one game. They gave him seven million dollars. Is that true? Yes. I did one not game. realize that. Yeah, I think it was seven. I think oh. they gave him. These oh. guys, you know, these guys for being pitching geniuses have done some dumb things. Yes. And uh, it, it, they keep thinking, well, if he throws more sliders, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Give me a guy that's uh, – give me the guy that's got a chance to make 28 starts instead of two. Yes, you know? exactly. I, well, by the way, oh, I, did a, I did a piece on Tommy Hall, the last yeah. rookie start. The other starters that year, Boswell, Dean Chance, Jim Cotton, Jim Perry, who won the Cy Young the next <laughs> And they started a rookie. Those only, are only Billy Martin. That was the weirdest thing of all time. The rest of the twins this year are not that good. No. <laughs> I'll say that. No, Gene Chance was pro. That he was twenty-seven, and that was, you know, he was on the way downhill already because uh, they, you know, I think sixty-eight. He pitched three hundred and twenty innings or something yeah. those years, and. Uh, but uh, yeah, the blade. I they got the blade's phone number for me, and if you if you want to get a hold of uh, Tommy Hall out there in Riverside, California, don't bother to send him an email. He doesn't own a computer. He doesn't believe in all that new fancy stuff. Wow. So, he, uh, Randy Shaver was trying to get him on Channel Eleven, I guess, and uh, and uh, he had to go over to his. Uh, daughter's house where she had a computer so he could do some kind of a video interview or something. wow yeah that's amazing yeah it is he's uh, but he's uh the blade he was uh, 140 pounds and he threw harder than hell so anyway let's talk wolves and wild for a minute before we get out of here um wolves only have what three games left in this regular <laughs> season looks yeah. like I'll have about 16, don't they? That's weird, man. Yeah, I mean, the Wild's off kilter a little bit because of the Olympic break that didn't end up needing to be an Olympic break. Um, yeah. But Wolves, yeah, they they beat the Rockets last night. They beat the Nuggets a few nights ago to keep their play-in hopes alive. But, man, 
Um, like we've talked about before, Clippers playing pretty well. It looks like it's going to be Wolves and Clippers unless the Wolves can sweep these yeah. three and then Denver or, or Utah has got to fall apart. Um, that, the hell out of the Lakers last night. The Lakers are not going to make the play-in tournament. They're two games behind San Antonio. It's amazing. I can't. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I I I know everybody's worried about the Clippers, and uh, I, I if you can't beat the Clippers at home, then you stink anyway. That's my theory. I mean, then you're mediocre anyway. So uh, you know, I think they should beat them at home and make. They're not going to catch Denver, so I. I think we might as well settle in on a Tuesday. What a week from today, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, a week from today. Is that right? Tuesday. I think it'd be early, early next week would be that playing game. Then the playoffs would start later that week. And if they lost that first one, then they'd have another chance at home against probably either the Pelicans or the Spurs as it would stand right now. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing, the good news about them is Edwards has come out of his, uh, yes month-long funk and is uh, starting to play pretty good again and that's that's really important and D'Angelo actually uh played well enough that he could have beat me in a game of horse maybe uh after uh, which he probably couldn't have a week ago so uh uh that's uh you know that's okay you know the guy who's really been worn down though is Vanderbilt don't you yep. think I yep. mean that's I was talking to Jace Frederick about it uh, from St. Paul, and it's just, you know, he played so hard for 40 or 50 games, battling big guys and just absolutely going to the boards and doing everything. And the NBA is just too much of a grind, man. You can't, when you're kind of a lean fella, you can't take that beating. And uh, it's uh, it's been tough for him for quite a while here now. I Here's one, one thing that, the mystery to me is Jalen Dole. He plays, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's good. And yeah. then they don't play him for a week. What's the two weeks? What the hell happens? I guess it's uh, matchups or something. Yeah, but maybe. He, the other night, he, he didn't get off the bench. And uh, I, I like that guy a lot. I, I'd figure out a way to give him 15 minutes every game. So. Finch was being critical of himself after the S last night's game for not playing McLaughlin more. He's a big McLaughlin fan now. So yeah. he's, uh, he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, they're, they got depth. They have some depth. And uh, if they get healthy, uh, they might get McDaniels back. Huh? Yeah, it sounds like it. it sounds like he's making some progress and no need to rush him at this point. You want him for the playoffs and play in. him defensively to chase Paul George around. So he'll yes. be one of the guys that guard Paul George. So. Yeah, well, it's uh, you know, it's been a better season, and uh, if we go back to the six-game losing streak at the start of the year, when we go, oh, here we go, trade you cat, know, yeah, I mean, they- trade cat, and do everything. So it's uh, it has been a positive season. It's just that we have now a mentality, probably based on the Twins losing eighteen in a row. But if uh, you know, if they make the playoffs and and end up getting beat twice, ah, you know, it'll, everybody. Right. Will, any progress made this year will be thrown out the window in the modern, modern, uh, the modern sports fan. Who's a tough guy on Twitter who, uh, don't win the ring. It doesn't count. Blah, blah, right. blah. But we better get ready for a long spring with the wild man. Yeah. Good. Oh, they are they're, good. They're, they're really good. And it's, I was looking true. this up and thinking about this too. Like 
this is this would be the you know if the wolves make it past the play and this would be only the third time ever that, the, that they and the wild were in the playoffs in the same year is that yeah. right yeah it was the, <laughs> the the year the wild made the playoff run you know 20 years ago the wolves were in the playoffs that year they got beat by the lakers in the first round and then the butler year um the wild were in it but that's it that's it those are your three that this would be your third yeah, Barrero and I were the columnists said in uh, that 03, and I said, okay, you take the Wolves, I'll take the Wild. <laughs> and figuring that, you know. They'd they get steamrolled by Colorado in four games. First round, yeah. Six weeks later, I'd written 60 columns on hockey. You know, it was, uh, but it was, you know, that was actually kind of fun. But, I mean, the, the moves that Garrett made it, though, you know, obviously, Flower yes. bailed them out. College Carolina. I happened to be watching the second period of that game. He was phenomenal. Yeah. They could have eight goals that period. And uh Carolina, and then they kind of took the pizzazz out of them. But you look now, they're second in the whole West in points. Colorado's got a bunch of injuries, even though they keep winning. And uh I I don't think there's any chance that either Nashville or St. Louis beats this team in the first round. And and then you then you end up playing Colorado in all likelihood. So, yeah, they've got, they've got a chance this year. They've got a chance, no doubt. I like the way they're constructed. Um, they, it seems like all the all the pieces make sense. And yeah, he added that muscle and flurry yeah. at the deadline. He's Gary knows what he's doing. He's he's pretty good at his job. It seems like. But yeah, I mean, Cam Tell and it jacked up Cam. No matter what they want to say, it jacked up Cam Talbot when uh, yes, traded for Flurry. All the you know they reason. Hey, Cam. The reason they traded for Flurry is you've been terrible. Right. <laughs> oh, he's been great. He's the player of the week and all that stuff. So right. I don't he what he hadn't lost since, right? Yeah, and he, he had started to get it going a little bit before Flurry came, but 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 the reason they were in the market yes. was that six week period when the and he and the other guy couldn't stop anything. So oh. when yeah, they could- had that but they're good and they're going to be around for a long spring so that what i think that cup is going to be awarded on june 30th i think that's right yeah well hopefully the wild's not in the game seven of the stanley cup because that's my anniversary and i would get some uh have some problems if that was the case but i guess we'll we'll cross that bridge if we get there patrick if we're planning the parade in uh, july that would uh i guess people would Another low energy, nothing going on week this week. Now that the final four is out of time, <laughs> uh, Gophers, Gophers, Mankato in the national semifinal yep. frozen four. And then we have uh, the twins coming home to play to start the season. And yep. it's, it's never ending, which and is the, good. And the masters. Don't forget the oh, masters. The masters. I forgot. And Tiger might play. Right. Know. So we'll, uh, we'll talk Even about going to play he's not going to announce it because he wants to get the big roaring ovation yeah. out to the first tee on thursday yeah. he's, he's going to play isn't he he's it's going to be yeah. right there i mean he must have felt pretty you know he showed up again although he'd be there on tuesday anyway for the dinner but uh but uh the the fact that he came back after he came down there and played about a week ago right the week yeah. ago to must the way it went because he came back sunday so anyway We'll talk oh. about that all next Friday and next Monday, won't we? It'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be, you're right. It's never ending. Yeah. That, that Gophers Mankato game should be something on Thursday. I'm going to talk to Randy Johnson about that later 
This week we do a bunch golf. of twins preview stuff too. What's that? Three, three one golfs, Mankato's not doesn't have much power power. Fire okay. power. Well, I mean, I love Mankato. Mike Hastings is a beauty. I, he's one of my favorites, but uh but uh I just don't think they got enough high firepower. As good as this gopher team looked against Western Michigan, I think they win it. So well, we'll find yep. out Thursday. Thank you, sir. All right. See you, Mike.